Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Michelin Cross Climate 2. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Hey, it's Kevin Hart. In this basketball season, Chase Freedom Unlimited is helping me cash back all my game tickets. Plus, tickets for 23 of my biggest fans to cheer me on while I enjoy the game. Find your seat. I appreciate the support, people. Eat that pretzel. This will never get old. Use more napkins. Okay, this is starting to get old. Say the tagline. Cash back like a pro with Chase Freedom Unlimited. Chase, make more of what's yours. Restrictions and limitations apply. Cards are issued by JPMorgan Chase Bank and a member FDIC. What if AI could help your business deliver mission-critical outcomes with speed? With IBM Consulting, your business can design, build, and scale trusted AI using Watson X and modernize the way you work to accelerate real impact. Let's create AI that transforms your business. Learn more at ibm.com consulting. IBM. Let's create. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. What is up, Straight Fire fam? It's me, Jason McIntyre. Straight Fire. Monday, October 4th. And oh boy, was it a great Sunday. Uh, not on the sports front for my kids. Um, I won't go deep into it. My daughter's soccer team, undefeated, facing the other undefeated team we lost. Took a one nothing lead all downhill from there. I mean, they're stacked. And then my son took him to a uh, basketball tournament down in OC. And, um, you know, you see the kids warming up. And I look on the other side. And there's like these gigantic kids. <laughs> so I go over to talk to one of the dads. They're like, yeah, you know, we should have been playing in the 12U and this is a 10-11 U bracket we're in. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. He's like, yeah, you know, we're, we should be playing up. I don't know. This is, and, of course, it was like 18 nothing in like three minutes in. And just like, oh, it was a rough one. But at that point, I get home, and I'm turning on the games because I've been watching on Red Zone. But it's so different, guys, watching games at home with the computer and the two TVs and then Red Zone because you can't really jump on social media while you're watching Red Zone on your phone. And I know everybody's excited for Belichick and Brady, and we'll get to that in a sec, but I'm just telling you guys, 
one of the most pleasurable afternoons of NFL watching, mostly because I just smashed every bet in the world. Best weekend in the tournament for me in a while. Four and one, I lost on the damn Broncos. Gave out picks on Cowherd Show, six and zero. Oh. I had people DMing me on the gram, dude, I parlayed all your picks and won a lot of money. And they showed the, the money on there. I was like, wow, nicely done, dude. Um, I myself, uh, let's just say it's been a good month. It's been a good year for the McIntyre family. I will be purchasing a new car today. <laughs> Not with just winnings for this weekend, but uh, I haven't bought a new car in like seven, eight years. Uh, and I figured now's as good a time as any. So uh, getting it, the car delivered to my house uh, later today. Very excited for that. Uh, like Rob G got a new car a couple of months ago. And I, I'm not going to lie, a little jelly, um, a little jelly. Uh, just because I, you know, I'd, I'd like to drive an old car. I've told you guys this story on my radio show, Millionaire Next Door. Live below your means. Drive used cars. And I thought I'd use that as kind of a uh, metaphor to slip into Brady Belichick. And Tom Brady, the old used car, a lot of miles on him. He didn't look great Sunday night. Can I, can I just come out and say that? Brady did not look sharp. He looked like he was missing. Gronk. He looked like Mike Evans was... Like I don't total not, kind of a non-factor. Seven catches, seventy-five yards. It was the Antonio Brown show. It felt like, and of course Brady, instead of moving the chains to get the first down and uh, you know proceed down the field and kick the game winner, he wanted it all. You guys could tell Brady wanted the glory in the fourth quarter. Two bombs to Antonio Brown. He lost the first one in the lights. The second one, he kind of it's like a diving catch and he couldn't haul it in. Bucks win. Uh, I, I don't know what Belichick was thinking, kicking a 56-yarder in the rain on fourth and four. Like, Mac Jones was having a hell of a day. Mac Jones was 31 of 40, 275 yards, two tutties, did have a pick, but that was in the rain. Rookie quarterback against a pretty damn good defense. And oh, by the way, the New England Patriots run game. I hope you didn't start Damian Harris in fantasy. I pulled him. Eight carries, Minus one yard. So basically, Mac Jones, who, I mean, I listen, I'm not saying he's better than Brady. That would be stupid. I thought last night he played better than Brady. Now, that's not a hot take. I don't want, uh, you know, anybody to try. But he had, a, he had a very good game. A rookie quarterback in a huge stage, Sunday night football. Belichick, Brady, and you come out and you do that to a Tampa defense, and I know the Tampa defense was missing some stars on the back end, and they blitzed the hell out of him as expected, and they hit him 12 times. They sacked him four. Um, the, the, the young guy, Tryon, looked real good uh, for the Bucks. Just another stud defensive player they've got. Um, and overall, like, I, I'm, I, I'm not going to crap on the game. I, I said on Twitter, like, this is a boring game in the third quarter. It was a snooze fest. And then my guy Doug Gottlieb's like, oh, this is a really good football game. And not every score, not every game has to be offensive. And I'm like, that's not the point. Like, it was a sloppy game in the rain. Third down conversions were poor. Penalties were everywhere. Nobody could deliver in the red zone. It just, like, wasn't good, crisp football. And I don't know. I mean, like... I know a lot of people are tuning in because everybody wants a Brady-Belichick take and people are going to be tripping over themselves this morning to come up with some incendiary take to get people talking. Uh, I mean, my take is simple. We said it on Friday's pod. This wasn't even close to one of the best games of the weekend. I mean, if you ask me personally, again, I am just one dude who grew up in the Northeast, moved out to L.A. five years ago. I get it. I understand Brady-Belichick is the number one story. I didn't. I thought this was one of the weaker primetime games we've seen this season. I mean, folks, Chiefs, Ravens, hello, uh, Raiders, Ravens. I mean, that game was amazing. Hell, P- 
Bengals uh, Jaguars on Thursday was a really good game. I, I just I know the drama and the subplots were there. I just I didn't love the game. I'm sorry. I, I know that's that's not a fun take. Um, I personally wanted to open this podcast with my New York Football Jets getting the W over the Titans. Uh, Rob G would not let that happen. Uh, I, I I you know listen. I gave out. If you guys go listen to last Monday's pod, I told you I liked a couple games right out of the shoot, and I bet them. And I had my best NFL Sunday gambling. Early indications. I stuck with my picks. I didn't waver and say, oh, the market's moving this way. I need to move. No. I told you guys the games I like, like Bears, I said early in the week, boom, bet the Bears. Bears win. Bears cover. Like Arizona, boom. Like this was probably my best NFL Sunday gambling in maybe three years. It was just an incredible day. And frankly, Jets winning on the money line to me was way better and more fun than Patriots Bucks. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys told you I loved them. Boom, easy cover. Uh, Buffalo hit for me in Survivor. I told you guys, don't get cute. People are like, oh, come on, Saints, Giants. I told you guys, I like the Giants. A Jets beat the Titans. I, if you lost in Survivor this week and you didn't take the Bills, you deserve it. And I'll tell you right now, there's a couple games in Survivor this week. There's two layups. You only should be deciding between one of those two teams. We'll talk about that later in the pod. But, Rob... I got to say, like, are people going to come here and be upset that I'm not, like, trying to light Belichick on fire or rip Tom Brady? Like, let's have some perspective. Belichick, yes, one and three. Aha, ha, ha. Tom Brady has more wins in Gillette or Foxborough or whatever the damn stadium is called. Sorry, guys, I don't know the name of stadiums. My buddy texted me, how did you not know the name of the Bengals stadium? But that was funny. I don't know the name of the Patriots stadium. I watch a lot of these games on mute um, because I've got a family and uh, I'm doing work. And, yes, I'm putting in prep for week five and preparing for this podcast and uh, getting ready for a digital gambling show I do with Cowherd uh, every Monday. Uh, so I got a lot of stuff going on. So, yes, Brady has more wins in Foxborough this year than the Patriots, who are now 0-3 at home. But the Patriots have the Texans next week. They're going to be okay. They're, I don't know if they're going to like cover in that game, but they are going to win that game. And I, I'm not going to pour, uh, kick dirt on the grave of Belichick. It's not over. And Brady, you know, they're fine. They're three and one. Um, I do think they do have some competition given the injuries. They have some competition in the NFC. Uh, they do have a weak, 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 weak ass Dolphins team coming in. And then they got the Eagles and Bears. So they're going to, they're going to get, they're going to be fine. Um, but they need to get healthy. Uh, for later in the season. Without Gronk, honestly, this offense did not look that dynamic. Bron Gronk apparently, was it, Rob, four broken ribs? Yes. Or cracked? Cra I mean, that is incredible. Like, that hit that he took was pulverizing, and he went down, but didn't he stay in the game and still catch passes? Yeah, but were you surprised by that? <sighs> what an animal. I mean, I get a black eye, you know? <laughs> I'm out of commission. Guy breaks four ribs, and he's still playing football last weekend. That's bananas. Anyways, Rob. Uh, fire away. Tom Brady stinks. He's old. Bill Belichick. <laughs> no, I'm not going to say anything like that. I mean, I don't think anyone should give you any kind of grief for not having a super hot take this morning because you said on Friday's pod that you weren't too jazzed about this one. And, and for good reason. I mean, other than the what we I think a lot of people expected was a Tampa Bay Bucks thrashing of the Patriots just because they're a better team. But other than that, it kind of played out exactly like how you expected. You know, there's a lot of buzz going into it and the hype videos and things like that but it's like Brady and Belichick they don't really hate each other you know the Patriot fans still cheered him when he got out there and then other than that it was just football you know there was nothing 
really exciting about it. But I did come away from last night's game with one, I don't know if you want to call it a hot take, but one big takeaway. And it relates to the 56-yard field goal at the end, which I thought was a terrible decision by Bill Belichick. But in that moment, it felt to me like his ego got the best of him. Because all night, Bill Belichick's defense made Tom Brady uncomfortable. Now, part of it was the scheme. Part of it was, I think, Brady was just a little bit fired up. I mean, I haven't seen him look that out of sorts, that razzle-dazzled, you know, in any of the Super Bowls he's played in. So I was kind of surprised that he had that going last night, considering it was a week four regular season game. But Bill Belichick's defense forced Tom Brady into the worst statistical game he's played in almost a full year. Lowest quarterback rating since last November, lowest point total since last November. They made him very, very uncomfortable. And, and, And Chris Collinsworth pointed out on the broadcast, he said, you know, it's almost like series to series, they're changing their scheme. You know, they're showing him one thing and they know he's going to check out of it and he's going to adjust because that's what Brady does. So they come out expecting the adjustment in the following series. And it looked to me on that decision to kick the 56-yard field goal that Bill Belichick was thinking, I'm going to win this with my defense. We're going to get this long field goal. I know it's kind of a toss-up if he makes it, but if he makes it, I'm going to get the chance to shut down Tom Brady, the the immortal two-minute drill king. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lock this up. And it came back to bite him because anyone with half a brain or anyone who was thinking clearly would tell you 56 yards, number one, is tough. Yep. Number two, you're playing in a monsoon. And number three, your kicker has an issue with his plant leg. So it felt to me, again, like Tom, or excuse me, like Bill Belichick, was feeling himself through most of the night. He thought he could put the nail in the coffin, and he's like, I'm going to be the one that locks this down. Let's get this field goal so my defense can put it away. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Familiarity is is massive. I used it in gambling this weekend. Uh, I did not, you know, obviously bet on... uh, which I, I didn't I didn't have the balls to take Belichick getting seven or seven or six and a half. Uh, it was a good win if you did take it. Uh, but familiarity is massive. And I mentioned that Kirk Cousins was going up against his former coach. His former offensive coordinator, Kevin Stefanski, in Cleveland. And what happened? Did you, Rob, I, I don't know if a lot of people saw this because it was like one of these under the radar games that people were like, whoa, what's going on with the score? So. The over-under for Browns-Vikings was 51, okay? The final score was 14-7. to And Kirk Cousins went down the field on the opening scripted drive. Bing, bang, boom, touchdown. Awesome drive. They didn't get back to the red zone, Rob, the rest of the game. Stefanski, who coached with Kirk Cousins many years in Minnesota, knew him so well. Kirk Cousins, by a mile, had the worst game that he's had this season. He was actually really good the early three games. I know it didn't show because they were one and two. They had 4.0 yards per play. They never got back to the red zone. Kirk throws his uh, first interception of the season. Totally rattled him. I'm just telling you guys, I know people think the Cleveland Browns, ha, ha, ha. Uh, Listen, that defense was unbelievable against the Vikings, and familiarity matters. Now, I I do want to point out, Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield's got some problems right now. He was not very good at all. Missed at least three 
throws that he should have had. 15 of 33, Rob G. 15 of 33 for a buck 55, 4.7 yards per pass. I drafted him fantasy this year thinking, oh, he's got a great schedule. It all lines up for him. He really missed Jarvis Landry. And one of my big takeaways, Browns are three and one. This is a team that I'm not even kidding, guys. They can get to the Super Bowl. That's how good this team is. Baker Mayfield is has a huge game for his confidence. And I don't want to say his future, but remember, he's in a contract year, right, Rob? Yes, he is. I don't is. think he has that deal yet. You know who he faces next week? Justin Herbert, who we know is a superstar. Everybody knows that. The next two games for Baker Mayfield against head-to-head against Justin Herbert, head-to-head against Kyler Murray. And I want that to dovetail briefly into Kyler Murray, who we said, MVP futures. People scoffed. Oh, we heard that last year. Uh-uh. I mean, the Rams last week were the number one team in the NFL, right? They take down the Bucks. They're undefeated. Everybody's gassed up on the Rams. I said last Monday on the pod, and I know I keep patting myself on the back. When you have a really, really good week, you got to hype it. Um, I said I liked Arizona. And Arizona, I mean, Rob, if you had, it, it, it's Monday morning. That we still have to see your Raiders play uh, the Chargers tonight. But if I asked you right now, who's the best team in the NFL? Is it the Arizona Cardinals? I mean, by virtue of them being the only undefeated team, they have to be the Cardinals, right? I, I mean, I know they have some holes, but what they were able to do to the Rams, like that Rams defense uh, it was pretty good so far this season. Pretty good, not great. They didn't. Uh, they were able to slow Brady just enough. Uh, Brady was the leading rusher for them last week, and Kyler Murray went up and down the field. They almost rushed for two hundred yards on the Rams. I had buddies at SoFi like, "Whoa, what's going on? This place is a a morgue." Uh, the, the Rams can't do anything. Stafford, I, I see people taking shots at him. Uh, uh, Rob Parker, uh, you know, I don't know if I could say friend of the pot. I haven't talked to him in a minute, but um, taking shots at Stafford. Okay, you know. Stafford wasn't great. Arizona's real deal, Holyfield, folks. This is a damn good team. And I think, I have to check, I think, no, no. So what's Thursday Night Football, Rob? Is it is it Arizona or is it Rams? Somebody against Seattle. It's Rams-Seattle. Rams-Seattle. That's a really good Thursday game. Listen, I got to say, these primetime games this year have been all super close. I mean, it started with Bucks, uh tampa And they just Bucks, kept on Cowboys. going. Bucks-Cowboys. I'm sorry. <laughs> Bucks-Tampa. Um yeah, so I thought this was a tremendous week four in the NFL. Um, the other thing besides, um, you know, the Jets winning that I need to point out is uh, the Zach Wilson burying after three weeks was a little comical. And I purposely held off saying, listen, guys, come on. Look at the opponents. Consider the coaches. He's a rookie. His offensive line's beat up. He's going to be fine against the Tennessee friggin' Titans. And there were some early struggles, but Zach Mormon Mahomes Wilson got it together and by the fourth quarter, bro was humming. And there were two bombs that he threw. And Rob, I joke about him being the Mormon Mahomes, but he threw two lasers, two passes over 50 yards. Uh, I think both were over 50 in the air on a dime, like perfect passes. The one that's on all the highlight reels this morning is the one late where he he rolls out and he waves to Corey Davis, like go deeper. You know who does that? Patrick Mahomes. He waves to Corey Davis, go deeper. And then he just, the defense could see him waving. It's right there. Two guys go back and he puts it in a basket. And it's one of those throws where you're like, that's my franchise quarterback. And I know, I know it's one game and it's one quarter against a dumpster fire Titans defense, but it's a win. And by the way, I looked at the schedule. Jets in London next week against the Atlanta Falcons. 
Um, I don't want to. It's too early to give a pick there officially. I'm just going to say that game's very winnable for the Jets. If you look at what they did in the trenches, dominating the Titans with seven sacks. By the way, five of those sacks on third down. Big time. Salah was dialing up the blitzes. Look at the Falcons' offensive line. It got manhandled by the Eagles and has been pushed around every week since. Okay? I'm just saying. Trenches. Remember, what was a poker guy? We had David Baker. Trenches are everything to that guy. I should ask him how he did. And I will add, in the $4 million gambling contest, because I started out 4-0, for the first time, I took a peek at the standings. I've got some ground to wake up, okay? So I'm not, like in the, I'm not even in the top 600 yet. I think there's 4,000 people who entered. But I'm going to be, this is going to be a big week for me. I need, after the 4-1, and one, you need to go 4-1, and 5-0. You have to. And I'm pissed I took Denver. Lamar Jackson, by the way, Rob, I, let me quickly ask you about your guy, Lamar Jackson. So he had his second 300-yard passing game of his career. <laughs> Uh, it was against a Denver team that um, they lost their quarterback, Sertain, and um, they lost Teddy Bridgewater. They went, they had two guards out. So Denver was a little beaten up. It was a dumb bet by me. Um, but Lamar Jackson looked good. And I, you know, we didn't want to, I don't think we buried the Ravens. I said like they were in a dangerous area, right? Um, all of a sudden, they're on their third left tackle. Did you know that? Like this is a team with some issues health-wise. And if Lamar's beating you from the pocket, Rob, is this is this a buy sign I'm seeing on the uh, in the window of the Baltimore Ravens? Their next opponent, and the first bet I made for Week Five was the Indianapolis Colts Monday Night Football in Baltimore. Colts third straight road game. I don't want to say I'm unloading on the Ravens, but the Colts are beat up to hell. Uh, that win over Miami was total fugazi. Miami might be one of the three worst teams in the league, and. If Lamar's winning from the pocket, we know the Steelers are toast, right? Steelers one and three. Uh, this is a, I have to view the Ravens in a different light because the Broncos basically said, we are going to stop Lamar from running. I think he had like 30 yards. And Lamar said, fine, I'll beat you from the pocket. And he has not been able to display that. So, Rob, I, don't, I, I kind of am viewing the Ravens in a bit of a different light. Not a hugely different light, but a slightly different light. Remember, Lamar... Was able to bring them back last week, get them in position with some late throws, approach 300 yards. Now he tops it. And I know 300 yards is kind of a who cares? What does it matter? Well, he's had two of those in his career. So I think it's a big win for Lamar and maybe uh, how we view the Ravens. I don't know. What do you think, Rob? You know, it's funny that you say that because my view of the Ravens actually the last two weeks has taken a hit. You know, mm. I thought after the uh, the victory against Kansas City, that maybe they had turned a corner with the way that they were playing because I thought their schedule set up nicely. And I thought, okay, you know, if they're going to become the Super Bowl contending team, which some people had the man before the season, they were going to have to get right against this part of the schedule. And I don't think they've looked very impressive. I mean, obviously against Detroit, they needed a, a record-setting field goal yeah. to do that. But against Denver, you brought it up. They're down their best corner or one of their best corners. They're down their quarterback. They're down multiple offensive linemen. And you have the wildly mediocre Drew Locke going up against Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson should be blowing this guy out of the water. And they didn't really put it away until very late in that game. So if you're Baltimore, I know that the 300 yards sounds good if you're Lamar Jackson because he doesn't do it very often. But his last two games, he's completing 
59% and 51% from the pocket. Yeah. So if he's not going to be giving you that 60, 70, 80 yards on the ground, which he hasn't the last two games, then he needs to be better than, what is that, 55% throwing the football. Yeah. Because they're daring you to throw it. And I'm sure that by putting a spy on him, I'm sure I'm assuming that's what people are doing to stop him. I have to, have to watch the tape to really give you a straight answer. But if they're daring you to throw it and you can only complete 55%, that's not much to write home about. Yeah. I mean, it's you not, could, it's not great. No, not I, great. I mean, the guy that you mentioned as the MVP front runner right now, oh, Kyler yes. Murray, completing 75% of his passes. And yeah. Kyler Murray is not quite on Lamar Jackson's level, but he's, you know, uh, just a, I, I would take notch, it, I think we both no, said we take but it just a half Lamar, a notch right? below uh, with his feet. I mean, you know, oh, 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 right. he can move not quite like Lamar Jackson, but he's pretty close. But the difference between Kyler and Lamar is that Kyler is killing you from the pocket. He's not just getting by and and squeaking by and doing just enough to win. I mean, he's putting it on guys from the pocket. So if I'm Baltimore, I, I like I said, I'm taking a little bit. I'm not as impressed. I'm not feeling too good about the three and one records. I think some people are. Uh, all right, we need to talk about two quarterbacks before we get to Monday Night Football. First, I think we're approaching. Hey, it's time for another quarterback to take first team reps in practice in Pittsburgh. Uh, ben Roethlisberger was that bad uh, uh, again this week. Like you just watch him against the Packers, and we know Ben is shot. They had to take a big pay cut to show up again. And I, it, the Steelers, they don't have an exit plan. Like, they did not plan properly. They had, what, Duck Hodges, Mason Rudolph. They bring in Haskins. Like, I think this week you've got to audition those guys because Denver's coming in. And Denver's pass rush can get to you. Why was Lamar able to be successful? Extending plays. You know who doesn't extend plays? <laughs> the 39-year-old refrigerator, Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, guys, he has not been good at all. Uh, we know it's over, and it, it stinks to watch the end of this because this guy was a warrior, you know? And it's funny, Rob, I can remember the play where the Steelers' offensive linemen were carrying Ben down the field. Um, a, a legendary play because he was hurt and he was such a tough guy fighting through it. And now it's just like, oh, my gosh. I mean, are you ready for this stat? He was sacked last year, 15 games, 13 times. He's been sacked 10 times through four games. I mean, he's on pace to get sacked 40, over 40, which would put him right around like back in, you know, over a decade ago. But I know a lot of guys are coming out and trying to hot take it. Like, oh, Ben's washed. He's terrible. And like trying to make a soundbite of it. We were on this way early. Like you knew this if you watched it second half of last season and coming in this year. I think this is the week we hear, oh, Dwayne Haskins taking some first-team reps. If, if, if there's one last gasp to light a fire under Ben Roethlisberger, but I don't know what the fire is going to do because it's not going to improve his mobility. You know, it, 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 the decision-making, like, he can't do anything. He's just so limited back there, and the Steelers are in trouble. They are hurting. Um, the other quarterback, Rob, I need to mention is Jimmy Garoppolo, and this guy can't catch a friggin' break. The calf injury... I didn't see the quote, but apparently he's talking about, yeah, it should be back in a couple weeks. And you know what a player means. Like, yeah, that's my optimism. Reality is probably like a month. And, you know, now you got the quarterback situation in San Fran because as we've been talking about on this podcast for about six months, we know Kyle Shanahan wanted Mac Jones. That's obvious. They made the trade. 
They wanted Mac Jones. Everybody's on record saying, oh, that's the guy he wanted. Everybody who knows him. I think it was Schefter on record. Multiple reporters have said that was the target. And then for whatever reason, they changed to Trey Lance. And if you watch a second of Trey Lance on Sunday against a Seattle defense that is hot garbage, everybody takes a turn on the Seattle defense. Okay? They are terrible. They can't stop anybody. And if you, you know, it's funny. The box score will say Trey Lance, two touchdown passes. Okay, number one was in garbage time. Uh, when they were down 14 with like a minute left. And I was begging for a Debo Samuel fantasy touchdown. And I got it! Now I just need to hope that the Raiders kicker doesn't score nine points to beat me. Um, and the other one was one of the biggest blown plays that you'll see all, all season. Debo Samuel wide open like 30 yards downfield. Nobody within 15 yards of him. And he just runs the rest for a 76-yard touchdown. So like the box score will be like, oh, Trey Lance, look at the yardage and two touchdowns. Like garbage time and Wide open, busted play. Trey Lance looked like a deer in headlights. And afterwards, Shanahan came out and said, yeah, that's why he's a number two quarterback. Meaning he's not even close to ready to start. Niners are in some trouble, folks. I don't know what it is with the injuries on this team the last few years. They can't catch a break. Um, I mean, you don't see a lot of midseason trades. Although, Rob, if memory serves, Garoppolo was traded from New England to San Fran mid-season. Then he sat out for like a month learning Shanahan system, and then he came in, I think, and won like five games in a row. We might have to double-check that. But, I, you know, he's injured now, so there's nobody's trading for him. But you have to wonder if they decide, like, listen, we're just going to run out Lance to, to get the reps in. Our whole team's hurt. We're, what's their record? One and three, two and one. Whatever it is, we're just, this. you know, I know we have a, a shot at the Super Bowl if all healthy, but we're not healthy. So we're just going to play Lance and we're going to unload Garoppolo if anybody wants him. I, I don't see that happening, but you got to, the possibility has to be there. And the teams to watch, I kept mentioning uh, Pittsburgh, um, Indianapolis as well. Uh, Rob, any quick thoughts on uh, Jimmy G or uh, Big Ben? Before we get to Monday Night Football, well, I, Big Ben's Raiders. been washed for like a year now. You know, I mean, like it, this is not really surprising. Anybody who's been following Pittsburgh, I think even when they were what eleven and zero last season to start the season, something like that, you knew then, even though they were winning, it wasn't. It was almost in spite of Big Ben. You know, he can't right. move. Uh, he 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 doesn't have the arm strength that he used to have. What made him so tough back in the day was that he was so big that even if you got pressure on him, you couldn't get him down. And, and that's just not the case anymore. Um, so if you're Pittsburgh, you can't really be feeling too well because you're, you don't have a success in plan unless you think Dwayne Haskins is the answer. That's number one. Number two, you're probably not going to be bad enough because your defense is still great to be picking at the top of the draft next season or after this season. You know, you you might be at the back half of the top 10, which, you know, maybe you're lucky and like a Justin Fields type falls to you, but you can't always count on that kind of thing in the draft. Um, as far as Jimmy G goes, I mean, that's what he does. Like, it's hard for me to be surprised because he's hurt every season. Like, that's just who he is. He is injury prone. I don't, I don't know what it is about his ligaments or his bones or his tendons that's more brittle. Yeah, at some point, at some point, it's no longer just like unlucky. Exactly. Right? I mean, like, I, I don't. Him and Carson Wentz have the same thing. Where I know all none of these injuries seem like they're related, but at some point, you got to just be like, hey, that's just who he is, and. If you're the Niners, I know that Trey Lance did not look good uh, against San Francisco, but Justin Fields looked downright horrible in his debut performance, and he looked 
you know, just slightly below average, you know, <laughs> uh, today yeah. or excuse me on Sunday. So and, and that was against uh, Justin Fields look look pretty good against the Lions, who again anybody with a pulse can look good against that defense. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, look if you. I'm not going to jump down Trey Lance's throat considering he probably did not get any reps at all during practice outside of like special packages. He didn't really know what he was going up against. And I'm sure that when the 49ers get the, uh, the Cardinals next week, that they're going to have some stuff installed. That's going to make him more comfortable. Some early throws to get him some early completions. And I think you'll see a much better showing from him next week. Um, I do want to quickly say before we get to Monday Night Football, um, the two games that I bet fairly significantly, um, I took Arizona favored by four against San Fran. I just you quickly look at the San Fran injuries. You look at Trey Lance. I don't care if he has an entire week to get ready for that Arizona defense. Um, you're talking J.J. Watt, Chandler Jones, two fast linebackers in Collins and the kid Simmons. Lance is not going to be able to win with his legs against his defense. I I. This Arizona defense is really, really strong. Um, I, I think they'll be able to contain Lance, and I don't think they can keep up with this Arizona offense. By the way, Cardinals over 30 points, over 400 yards, first four games of the season. I think they're the only team in the league to do that. The other game I bet, uh, Carolina, minus three and a half against Philly. I, I hate the hook, but um, uh, Rob, if you watched any, and I was invested in the Chiefs. If you watched Chiefs-Eagles, it was like, the Eagles were down four offensive linemen starting the game from week one. Four. And the Chiefs were getting major pressure on Jalen Hurts. And the Chiefs defense is Swiss cheese. It's so bad. So holes all over the place. Hurts was like moving the ball. Uh, hello, the Panthers have a real pass rush. I know they have some secondary woes. But again, the, 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 the roller coaster of the Panthers is they opened up the season, Rob, facing Zach Wilson, Jameis Winston, Davis Mills. Three below average quarterbacks. Two of them are rookies. Then they go face Dak Prescott and they get torched. Well, Dak Prescott's an MVP candidate. Guess what? They're going now, now down against a weak Eagles offensive line and against a young Eagles quarterback who can be mistake prone. I don't see any way they have a ton of success offensively. I like Carolina to win at home for sure. Um, and uh, Rob, if do, are you still alive in your Survivor League? Tell me you're doing Survivor. Buddy. I'm not doing Survivor this year. Oh my God. Are you out of your mind? Why would I want Survivor's to- one of the things that, like, legitimately, everybody has a chance to win that. You're not doing it? No. Oh, my gosh. So, I'm in, I think, five Survivors. <laughs> I've won, I think, uh, I think I've won two or three in the last, like, decade. Um, no, like, major six-figure wins, but some significant wins. So, uh, I heard a lot of people, like, twisting themselves into a pretzel saying, oh, can't take the bills this week. You got to save them for week 14. Like, shut up with that nonsense. I mean, you got to get to week 14, you know? Uh, and this week coming up, uh, the ones that jump out like screaming off the page is the Baltimore Ravens head home against the, uh, I'm sorry, they, they face, uh, I can't believe I'm spacing on it. The Indianapolis Colts, who are in their third straight road game with a beat-up offensive line against the Ravens, who love to blitz. Carson Wentz is blitz-averse uh, because he is just afraid in the pocket. He's like a little trembling dog back there. And um, Ravens can stop the run. Um, I, I I just don't see a path to victory for the Colts. So for, for sure, my number one will be Ravens. Unless, you know, Lamar's back injury uh, is significant. I don't 
think it's that bad. Um, he looked fine throwing for over 300 yards against the Broncos. But um, I, I feel like that isn't, is the, it would be my number one because nobody's taken the Ravens yet. Uh, they haven't faced any super awful teams. They've had a really hard schedule. This will be the weakest team they play. Um, and the other one I was looking at and probably will not be uh, one of the more popular options, should you consider it, but the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Did not look good. Check. National TV narrative of, eh, they're not that good. They're beat up. Check. Going home to face the Miami Dolphins. <coughs> Jacoby Brissett against his pass rush and Todd Bowles? No. No chance. Miami gets smoked. So I'll go Tampa or Baltimore in uh, Survivor this week. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. The only thing better than sitting on your couch watching the game is making money while you do it. Here's your best bet. All right, Rob G, it's uh, Chargers, Raiders. It's Monday Night Football. You're going. I asked you semi-jokingly last week what weapon you were bringing for the parking lot, and do you have Kevlar? Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts? Uh, well, I'm just going to bring a, a small switchblade, you know, nothing too crazy. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to switchblade. I, I don't want to hit up my father-in-law. <laughs> Do people for, still carry around I don't know. Doesn't your, nah, you know, my father-in-law's a gun collector, but I think I'm going to wait till later in the season or Ooh, something like that. Spicy. Uh, no, you know what? It's, it's going to be a Raiders home game. You know, I was talking to our friend Lamar Mitchell who was on the, the pod this last week from the MGM Grand and I, and I said, Hey, how the heck do you give the chargers the, the requisite three points? as the home team, considering it's going to be 85% Raider fans. And he's like, that's a good question. He didn't really give me a good answer, but he said, that's a good question. So, yeah. you know, I'm expecting uh, to not be able to do the pod tomorrow. So apologies for that. But I'm also expecting a Raiders victory. So it should be good. Oh, is that, are you wagering on the game perhaps? Uh, oh, it depends what kind of odds I can get. I know that the I'll definitely take the points. But um, we'll see if I might go Raiders on the uh, money line as well. We'll see how I feel. So it's like a they don't want to the the bookie the books do not want the, this to be like a, a flat three or even a three with the minimal usual juice. So you got to pay a little extra. So it's like um, hundred and twenty bucks to win a hundred if you want to take the Raiders getting three divisional matchup. The probably the best bet is to stay away, right? Um, because like there's really no edge at three. Um, the total being 51 and a half has come down a little bit, which is interesting to me. I, I everybody anticipates high scoring, right? You would think so. I, I See, definitely would think so. The problem is the Chargers red zone woes. If you look at their games, like I think they only had 17 against the Cowboys because they kept imploding in the red zone. Uh, and, and they're, they're just, they, they move the ball in between the twenties. Great. When they get in close, it's just kind of a cluster. So, you know, you could look at that under, but primetime unders are really crazy. I mean, other than the, they, they hit on uh, Thursday and they hit on Sunday. So they're now eight and two to primetime unders. But again, Chargers move the ball at will against Washington, score 20 points. Move the ball at will against Dallas, 17. Then they were almost perfect in the red zone against the Chiefs to get to 54. I would look at the under, if anything. And Rob, I know you love your guy Derek Carr, but come on, he's got to return to earth a little bit, right? This cannot keep up. I mean, Derek Carr is playing exactly how he's played the last year and a half or so. The only difference is that now they have zero running game with Josh Jacobs being nicked up the last few games, so he's had to throw more. 
I mean, he, he's been a good quarterback for a while now. It's just people starting to finally pay attention because the Raiders don't suck. I'm uh, the most anticipated matchup for me is third and Renfro. <laughs> One of the best nicknames. You put that on our t-shirt. I'll probably buy it. Um, whoever the chargers are going to match up with him in the slot. Cause he is killing teams, especially on third down. If it's third down and you have an ID to Hunter Renfro, like you're not doing your job, by the way, uh, Kenneth Murray, not going to play due to an ankle tonight. That's suboptimal for the chargers. Uh, if you're asking me gun to head, and I know you're not allowed to like say that in this, in these PC times, I would take the Chargers to win. Um, nothing against Rob G. But, you. Rob, enjoy the game. Stay safe out there tonight. All right, Ben? And uh, we'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Hey, it's Kevin Hart. In this basketball season, Chase Freedom Unlimited is helping me cash back all my game tickets. Plus, tickets for 23 of my biggest fans to cheer me on while I enjoy the game. I appreciate the support, people. Eat that pretzel. This will never get old. Use more napkins. Okay, this is starting to get old. Say the tagline. Cash back like a pro with Chase Freedom Unlimited. Chase, make more of what's yours. Restrictions and limitations apply. Cards are issued by JPMorgan Chase Bank and a member FDIC. Hello, iHeart listener. We have a confession to make. Both iHeart and this commercial you're listening to right now would probably sound a heck of a lot better on the new Roku Pro Series TV. It's got side-firing speakers that fill your room with sound, Dolby Atmos audio that puts you right in the middle of the entertainment, and the ability to pair seamlessly with your home theater sound systems that already have surround sound and booming bass. If all that sounds too good to be true, it'll sound even better on the new Roku Pro Series. Your hearing isn't better. Your TV is. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Ready, set, griddle this grilling season. Get the Weber Slate Rust-Resistant Griddle with a carbon steel cooktop that's safe for metal tools. It's pre-seasoned and ready to cook on right out of the box. It's the griddle that stays ready, not rusty. This griddle heats evenly edge to edge. It reaches up to 500 degrees. The Weber Works Prep Cook and Store System keeps cooking supplies handy, and you can carry all the food, condiments, and utensils you need. Get fired up for your new Weber Slate Rust Resistant.